Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is Friday, and you know what that means. It is time for Takes on Takes here on the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you on a Friday. We hand the producer's microphone over to you, the listener of this show. You provide the takes. We provide the reaction. And unfortunately for this show, the producer's mic goes to Jamie Eisner for the first take. I don't know how this happened, but in order, Jamie has the most recent take that we have to discuss, at least from where we last left off. You have a tattle take. On a oh, guy, on a guy that just got a brand new five-year contract yeah. extension with the Dallas Cowboys, it's really just a it's really just a three-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys based yeah. on the way that the, the money works out. But just got a new five-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. That being Trayvon Diggs, and this take comes from Ernie, and it is a tattle <laughs> take. This. It is a tattle take that Jamie has provided the show, and it feels like a great way to start us off mm. here. Trayvon Diggs is already a Hall of Famer at the age of twenty-four. First-team All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler, NFL interception leader. 142 tackles, 15 interceptions oh. in his first 31 career games. He's got 142 tackles. Oh, boy. What are we doing here? Uh, what are we doing here? I, I have to believe that is a troll post to uh, Impression Farm. But uh, I just I saw that right after. Uh, actually, I think that came out right after he signed his new deal. So I think he was just trying to capitalize or he, they, them. I don't know. Uh, let's be honest. It's usually guys that post stupid shit like that on on Twitter. Stupid takes attention. like that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, no. <laughs> no. Like he's not even the best cornerback in the league. He's not even the best cornerback. Is in he? The is he a top he's ten corner? Probably. Um, do we want to? Do we want to? Do we want to do it? He, he is such a. Yeah, a little bit. Let's because he's such a complicated evaluation because the ball production has been so good, yet he has had issues with the. Uh, let's just say he's the epitome of bend but don't break, but make splash play, plays. Sure, one hundred percent able to do. But I would imagine I I have a hard time thinking I'm going to find particularly outside corners which are more valuable. Okay, in my estimation. Let's try ten guys that are better. Let's try to do it. Okay, going into the 2023 season. Sauce Gardner. I take Sauce. DJ Reed. I'll just use the two Jets guys first. I I go with Javon Diggs. I disagree strongly. DJ Reed's a very good player. Most underrated corner in the league. I didn't didn't say he wasn't very good. I'm not putting him in top 10 yet. Um, What do we want to do with Jair Alexander? We probably want him in there. Yeah. That's two. It's two that we both agree on. I'm just trying to to scroll through here and, and find... I'm doing this in an order where I'm not looking at net major names. So just give me a second here, everybody. I know you're probably screaming, y'all, Chris, you're missing this guy. I understand. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to kind of. Patrick Sertan? No, I take Sertan. I would I take like Sertan as well. So that's three. So he's at, well, he's at, he's at best. We've got him to four. Uh, Jalen Ramsey? I'm still taking Jalen Ramsey at this stage. Okay. That's four. I would say I might, I might change my mind a year from now. Uh, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. Okay. So that's four. Um, do, what do we want to do with, uh, I'm just looking through here real quick. JC Horn, if he was healthy on a consistent enough basis, I would probably get there, but I can't right now. Yeah. Um, just trying to scroll through and see what other corners that we have that I'm completely missing. 
there's probably a major name that I'm missing, right? Well, I mean, I mean, there's like Bradbury and Slay and and some of those guys. Sure, sure. I'm just trying to get. I, the, I, the, I, I don't the, know if you're waiting on like specific. No, I'm scrolling through the interception leaders from last year because that's what this is sorted by, and I'm just picking names as they come. What do you want to do with Xavier Howard? Hmm. What do I want to do with Xavier? I think I would take Xavier Howard over to, over Trayvon. I think I would too, despite last year the injuries. Yeah. Down. So that's five. I mean, it's mostly been the injury tied. Yeah. So that's okay. five. We've got him at six. Marshawn Lattimore. Give me Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's six. six. Okay. So we, we're, we're starting to starting to hit some names here. Yeah. Um, but he's so best case scenario. We've got him at seven and there might be some players that we're missing. That like I can't immediately identify. Let me let me do it this way. Top corners some of these that were I, in I the NFL. That, like, there are some of these that I would say are close enough that like if you wanted to argue digs over a couple of these guys. Sure, I sure. You, you could, but I wouldn't like, you know, throw my hands up and fight you over it. But um this feels about right. Like not quite top five, he's, but still top right. He, yeah, he's not a top five like, corner. And I'm sorry, if you're would have been on I don't think he's ever been a top five corner in the league. And so if you're not a top five corner at your position, or if you're not a top five player at your position while you're playing, I don't think it makes you a Hall of Famer. That's a hot take. I'm sorry, but yeah, I, I mean, I, you, that is that that can be true. But the most, I mean, look, there's he's not a, he, he's not a Hall of Famer. He hasn't played enough anyway. He's also like, not. Like, I, he's not like. I can tell the story of the NFL without telling the story of Trayvon Diggs. Well, let's also, Chris, let's just pretend. Let's say Sauce this year does the exact same thing as he does next year. Okay. Last year. I would take. Hall of Famer. If he does exactly what he did last year, this year, he has a more of a Hall of Fame case than Trayvon Diggs does. How about that? How about that for a take? Correct. Agreed. No, we're not doing this. Agreed. But yeah, Stay- Sauce was better. Sauce was better last year. Uh, I mean, like Tariq Woolen was better last year. DJ Reed was better last year. DJ Reed was better last year. Right. So the question I- is whether or not you know. So, but it wasn't just stri- strictly. Uh, by the way, we got a we got window washers. Excuse uh, me. You'll be able to see if you're watching. I'm sorry. Uh, on the YouTube, what's about to occur? Watch. We have a window washer coming down. I so see the cable. I see the cable. Yeah, you've seen the. If you're watching, yeah, YouTube, you can see over my wow. left, but uh, shoulder, you're gonna see these cables moving around. Love that. You might hear a little grumble of my dog who doesn't understand that they're not here to murder the entire family. They are just here to wash windows. Yeah, but it's good to have the dog understand, you know, threats and, and you know, be That's protective. You, rather that than a dog that just sits there and doesn't do anything, you know? I think. That's true. So we'll see. You you will probably hear an appearance from Cinnamon on this show at some point. Because <laughs> this right now they are one floor above. Me. Oh, I see that. I actually now not just see the shadow of the cable. I see the actual cable in the shot. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's happening. It's happening. They're going to be here in this next guest okay. appearance. We can ask them the next take here because it's probably going to bleed into when they're when they're on the show. Yeah. Uh, this uh, RC threw a tweet in the chat and the tweet was we have placed Tyree Wilson on the non-football injury list and placed a defensive tackle Byron Young on the physically unable to perform list. And the take based on that tweet is take the Raiders still don't have a number two pass rusher for the short or long term across Max Crosby. I think it's unfair to say that to have any sort of unless you don't like Tyree Wilson at all, which if you didn't like Tyree Wilson before, that's fine. You're allowed to have that opinion. He is definitely more raw than like Will Anderson was. But to say being put on a pup list before training camp, right? They can literally take you off after one day. It has no effect on anything. Exactly. I agree 100%. Uh, RC, and, and we all knew that he had a foot injury. We all knew that that was going to be a concern. And we all knew we might miss some time in this offseason for it. So I don't think anything has changed, in my opinion, in that regard. Now, if you didn't like him before, then you've, you've believed this take the day that you Right. Did. So nothing, him being on the pup list doesn't change the take. Correct. So why that's the thing that you're bringing up, I don't understand. 
And Byron Young's not going to rush. The, it's, I mean, I like him, but he's not going to be. This is Tennessee Byron Young, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, Tennessee Byron Young is there. No, I like him a lot. I just don't. But he's not. I At this stage, he's not looked at as somebody that's going to be that true, you know, a true every down starter. If he becomes that, super nice guy. I, I hope he does. But, um. That's not what he's really been looked for, right? No, this is the uh, whole. Oh, it's Alabama Byron Young? Tennessee Byron Young. This is Alabama Byron Young. The other Byron Young is in the Rams. He's with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, Yeah, it's his defensive tackle, Byron Young. Jamie, I hate. Also, to be fair, not going to be a prolific pass rusher. True, fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) But for different reasons. I apologize in advance. Okay. Why? It's takes on takes. Yes. The. It is your fault, the collective you. I'm going to cut a heel promo on the show, okay? We respond to the takes that you people send into the show. So if you send me in takes about the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, it's on you. It's not on yeah. me. Like I don't mean I, we're not, we don't try to do this, but you bring us here. You people bring us to this place. Is this Bailey or is this somebody else? Or no, it's R- going to be. It's okay, RC so with a tattle take. Bailey's just going to get the 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 shrapnel. The uh... What do they call that? Why am I blanking? Why am I blanking on it? The uh, when you were the residual, you get the residual shrapnel for something. Okay, I, I don't, collateral damage. Collateral damage. That? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm blanking. Just go. This Just is go. a tattle take that RC has submitted in, and this double hurts we, because we, the we tattle take is from our friend Brian Perez. So I don't want to do this. Uh, all right. I love Brian. I, we love I, Brian. I will preface this before you read the take because I don't know what this is going to be, but I also kind of know what this is going to be. Love Brian. Awesome dude. Awesome human. Um, is way more optimistic about the Bears than I have ever, than anybody ever should be. You couldn't have set this up any better, Jamie. You could not have set this take up any better unless you knew the take, and I know you didn't because you don't look. I'm going to read this tweet from July 22nd. So it was this week. It was Monday, I think. I try to maintain realistic expectations for the Bears every year. I'm always optimistic, but I try to be realistic too. With that in mind... The Bears will win 11-plus games this year. A maturing quarterback, upgraded old line and wide receiver group, upgrades at linebacker and corner, depth and upside along the defensive line. Get ready. This Bears team is different, and the win-loss record will reflect it. Brian, my guy, you're making this too easy for us here on the show. 11-plus. Not just 11, 11-plus. Under. Um, okay, let's take this. Let's take this one step at a time. Uh, left the station on this. Team. Hold on, time out, time out. I, I'm I'm going to take over for you because you've been doing this, and and I, I I'll do it now. I'm maturing QB. We don't know that yet. I'm sorry. We do not know what Justin Fields is or is not. Jamie and I, I guess for whatever reason, this is the nice island that we've carved out for ourselves in NFL Take Land. Right. This is the space in the amusement park that you and I have got all to ourselves, Jamie, where we're over here screaming, "Hey, we don't know what Justin Fields is. We don't know what he isn't." But we don't know what he is. Stop. Don't get ahead of yourselves. You cannot base. You can't say the Bears are going to be an 11-win team because Justin Fields is going to take this miraculous leap forward that, by the way, we haven't seen him take yet. So maturing QB, jury's still out. Upgraded O-line and wide receiver group. You added DJ Moore to your wide receiver group. That's the, that's the major upgrade that you made there. Your offensive line group, okay, you upgraded from being one of the bottom five groups to being a top 25 group. Like, yes, you've improved on the margins, but you're not a good enough team to just improve on the margins and have that impact your win total. 
Upgrades at linebacker and corner. Okay, they spent a ton of money in free agency on linebackers. Agree 100%. Depth and upside along the defensive line. They have zero pass rush. Zero. Negative. They're not getting after the quarterback. You cannot sit up here and look at this team in a division, which I think there are two teams currently better than them, that they're going to win 11-plus games. They had the first overall pick a year ago for a reason, folks. You don't see that kind of turnaround in the National Football League. It doesn't happen. What are we doing here? I don't mean to constantly be the Bears negative guy and the Justin Fields negative guy, but when you have takes like this, I've got no choice but to be this loud about it. You can go now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I have nothing more to say. Um, There is reason for some optimism around the Bears. There's reason for some excitement to see how they grow. The idea that they're anything close to a finished product as a playoff team is absolutely ludicrous to me. As much as I love Brian and I'm, I, again, I want people to have their fun. I want people, I want Bears fans to be able to enjoy their season. And obviously if they're good, it's even better for me as somebody that lives so close to their stadium and is living in Chicago. And there is a different buzz in this city when there's excitement around the Bears and excitement around Justin Fields. But the train has left the station and I, I think This year is setting up for expectations to be undermet by so much that it could alter the way people view this franchise for the next year. They might might win eight games this year, and people are going to be upset about that. They might win eight games this year, Jamie. I don't think so. I'd still take the under on it. But they could win eight games this year, and people are going to be pissed off. That's what this is set up for. I, I can't get there. Their corners are better, but they have no pass rush. Their team's gonna have to they're gonna have to defend forever. Like I I, I don't understand. I, I I'm out. Just could not be more out on this. Let's take from Taylor B. Christopher Nolan. I'll be lucky to win eight games, by the way. I take yeah, I take the honor on eight. Christopher Nolan is the best director of the twenty first century. Neither one of us are movie guys. This is gonna be tough. I, I Ex- have to upstate. Excuse you. Excuse you. If there's one person whose filmography I know better than anybody else's is Christopher Nolan's. I see every one of his releases. I haven't seen some of his older stuff. But this is a tough take because there are two names that I think other people would suggest as answers here. And I can't necessarily disagree. Martin Scorsese would be one and Quentin Tarantino would be the other. Now, I consider myself a huge Christopher Nolan fan and I'm also a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. So I like both of these guys and anything they put out there in terms of a film, I go and see it. I just have a closer relationship to the Christopher Nolan movies. Um, Interstellar and Inception are two of my favorite movies of all time. I think Tenet is one of Christopher Nolan's best movies ever. Um, I think Oppenheimer is an excellent film. I enjoyed every second of it. I mean, he's got other classics. He's got Dark Knight, which I haven't seen, but everybody rants and raves about it. Memento. Um, he's got Dunkirk. Like the library's long. And so I can't necessarily disagree with this take. This take, and as somebody who has Christopher Nolan as their favorite director, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop you here on this one. I'm not gonna stop you here on this one. Uh, Dolphins Grace take Mahomes deal is the best contract in the league right now. Okay, I'm glad this is actually a take I saw beforehand because I, I want to talk about this one a little bit because the answer is yes and no. And I know you had a chance on TDN Daily on Thursday to kind of break down some of the new extensions and. Really a little bit of the what they're actually doing extension-wise yeah. versus what gets presented. And there, there, there's a couple schools of thought here. And one, yes, when you ever you have a quarterback that is the best 
player at their position now making what AAV like seven million dollars a year below the top play player at the position, it's a value. So in that case, yes. For for the record, Mahomes is at forty five million per year. He's on a four hundred and fifty ten year contract. Yes. Uh, Herbert just signed a five year two hundred and sixty two point five. That averages out to fifty two and a half. So that's the difference. Yes. The new highest number is seven and a half million higher than Mahomes, and it's only going to go higher with Burrow's contract coming next. Yes. Uh, and again, assuming again, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, we assume everything. I, I, not that I think it would have long term effects on the contract, but if there's something majorly wrong with the calf or it's not a calf and something else, the, the, the burrow injury from Thursday, we'll keep an eye on that when it comes to potential contract negotiation stuff here in the short term. But so while that part is true, the I, the Mahomes contract was never built to for him to run through the tenure of no. it. and and I kind of broke it down a little bit inside that the TDN discord in response to, to some of these things but they were always going to rip up this contract I believe it's before I forgot if it's before 2028 or 2026 I think 2020 one of them is I got the Herbert contract in my uh, head but do you have you said 2026 in the in the discord so I'm assuming you had the, the numbers in front of you yeah, yeah. 2026 so it's built to be ripped up before the 2026 league year, the way it's written and redone, which was, by the way, always going to happen in this process. So, uh, this is so. While yes, his contract on a AAV right now is a bargain compared to the other quarterbacks. He was also making the money ahead of these other quarterbacks making money, and he will get a new deal that trumps all of these quarterbacks. Before the before when he signs his next yeah. deal, just for the record, just to, to to emphasize this point, and the Chiefs are not. I'm not saying they're going to do this, but I just want to emphasize why Jamie is saying what he's saying based on the way the contract is structured. In the off season of 2026, so after the 2025 season, if the if the Kansas City Chiefs say, you know what, this Patrick Mahomes guy, he stinks. We don't want him <laughs> anymore. They could cut him. It would be 4.8 million in dead money. They would save 39.5 million against the cap. And the rest of the contract is out of their hands. It's yeah, out. and so there's a there you go. There they, and there's a date in that in that stretch there. I don't remember that where they where his money for the following year gets guaranteed, and that's that's or down the line gets guaranteed. So the year it's that. the year prior. So uh, the off season of 2025 uh, on March 20th, his 2026 money becomes guaranteed. It kind of works a year ahead, but they have the ability to get out of this contract. Yeah, but it, it's not the 2020. Six year, that's to be the prohibitive. It's a 2027 year the Chiefs aren't going to want to pay him for. Where he has a $62.3 million cap hit? And $60 million in cash that year. So that become that salary and workout bonus all become, you know, the his roster bonus. Which is $49 million that year. $49 million mm-hmm. fully guarantees on the third league day of the year of prior. 2026. Right. So that's why I'm saying like that is that is when we're going to see the window of them ripping this up and redoing this contract. Can I give you a perfect example? You'll get the money, but sure. it's not going to be on that deal. Give you a perfect example. We, we talked about this on yesterday's show with the Jets did with Aaron Rodgers. They ripped up his deal and he took a little bit less money, but then they they did some did some. That's what you're going to see with Mahomes, right? They're going to rip up this deal. They're going to do a new three, four, five year extension. They're going to move the money around, spread it out. And it's just going to be loaded with a lot of cash. Exactly. Spread the cap around. Right. And. He'll be fine because at he that point, Jamie, when they do that, he's year. 31 years old. So he's yeah. still in his prime. Well, yeah. And if you look at the Herbert deal, he's going to get a new one before he's 30. So I mean, like, there's a reason why these deals are structured the way they are. So yes, in the purest sense of the term that yes, for next, for next season, him making $7 million, whatever it is, six point something million dollars less than the highest paid quarterback is a bargain. It 
it was made up by the money he was getting before those guys will get paid and the money he will get paid when they re- rip up and redo this contract. Um, I would like to jump in here with a bit of a wee-woo okay? because I want to share our thoughts on this because I don't know where else we're going to get to do it if we don't. So the Colorado Board of Regents just unanimously approved, as we're doing this show, a move to the Big 12. So they're going to leave the Pac-12 and move to the Big 12. And it feels the prospect side of what we do here, we haven't gotten into a lot of this intricacies of the Big 12, Pac-12 kind of uh, arms race that's been occurring over the last couple of weeks. And so, Jamie, I'd like to just take a quick time out from takes. We've got a bunch of other takes that we can get to here after. But I'd like us to discuss and share our thoughts on this because, to me, I think we are seeing the beginning of the end of the Pac-12. I don't see a scenario in which they are able to survive this. Oh, yeah. I think I think they're done. They're done. They're toast. Um, let's be real. And, and it's not Colorado leaving. Isn't the thing that's going to cause it. It is the, the confluence of events between USC and UCLA getting out them being compl- bog- just botching their last TV deal and being completely unable to get a new one. The fact that we're going to probably see Washington and Oregon and Utah get poached from other conferences. Uh, you know, it, if the Pac-12 exists with a bunch of Mountain West teams, it's not really the Pac-12. Right, the teams that they, struggles with their own. Stuff. The teams that they could potentially expand to at this juncture now that like teams like BYU are gone, they're looking at Colorado State, Air Force, UNLV from a geographical perspective that they could they San could Diego draw. State, maybe. Well, no, because they, that's right, they, that's San Diego right. State was going to go and then they return and now yeah. it would be double the yeah. price to leave. So like Maybe SMU, if they wanted to reach into Texas with one of those schools, it could make some sense. But to me, Jamie, here's what I think is going to occur. Because now they're down to nine teams starting in 2024 because Colorado's yeah. gone and now USC and UCLA are gone. So you're down to nine. You're only, you, you want everybody to play nine conference games. Well, you only have eight teams in football now. You only have eight other teams that you can play in football. You can't play yourself, right? You can't play a game against yourself and have a count. So they would need to either add another fourth non-conference game, or they need to very they need to yeah, a scrimmage. They have to very quickly add another team. And so for me, I wonder if the Big Ten, which was kind of hesitant to the idea of calling up Oregon, calling up Washington, calling up those other schools, if now that they see the writing on the wall, if they don't try to capitalize on the idea of let's get these teams before this all comes crumbling apart. I wonder I wonder if the ACC makes some phone calls to try to get some of the more Eastern-bound schools to try to jump. I wonder if the Big 12 is not done. There's been a lot of talk of the idea of both Arizona State and Arizona potentially going over to the Big 12. If you lose any more schools, Jim, you're down to eight, seven schools. It's over. This thing collapses. Yeah, and, and again, I think people also have to understand here, obviously, football is the king and it's the big dog on, on the porch. But for some of these other other conferences, they do make some decent money in some of the other sports that well, makes some of these schools a little bit more a attractive. U- a university like Stanford, maybe, the Olympics, yes. the Olympic sports are huge for yes. them. That's their take. That's their claim to fame. Obviously, football is the huge moneymaker across the land. We all know that. But there is some there is more to that. There are other pro- like, again, like just to bring up the ACC, for example, getting as much as, you know, forks up, they're not our they're not our team. Getting the University of Arizona is a huge get for the basketball conference. Oh, 100%. Like, it's a humongous get. I mean, that is a blood program you just get right. to add to your conference. I mean, I, I will tell you, if I'm the Big 12, I've already got Kansas. I've got Baylor. Yeah. Adding U of A as a basketball program would to be that be, would be fantastic yeah. for our TV so, deal. So, yeah, it makes sense. And, and, yeah, and then, like, you know, ASU, even though it's been a little bit down last year, ASU for baseball. And, like, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of these yeah. schools that – maybe aren't football powerhouses, but that their conferences that they go to will benefit in other ways from it. So, yeah, I mean, I I have 
no hope that the Pac-12 will be able to recover because at this point you've also you're you're also been cherry picked aside from Colorado with all due respect to the Buffaloes, USC and UCLA leaving is tough enough yep. to overcome. If you lose Washington and or Oregon that's and it. or Utah, I'm sorry, like that's it. Like those are the pristine, especially on the football side. Those are the pristine schools. I have five takes from Sam Teets. Jeez. I'm going to let you pick three of them to make it into this week's show. So you tell me which number. Number one. one The one who's most excited to put in. Four players on the Steelers roster will eventually be Hall of Famers. What is with you people and trying to put people in the Hall of Fame way too early? Good Lord. Um, Okay, so TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Patrick Peterson. I'm trying to think of who we would think the fourth was. Fitzpatrick? Um, he, so uh, let's see. Did he list players or he, did he just say, he just said, he just said, hold on. I'm reading because these, these tweets came in today. These takes came in today. Uh, changed it to four. I forgot about Peterson. He still isn't really a stealer in my mind. He might actually have the weakest cage of the bunch when all is said and done. So Hayward, Watt, Minka. And well, I mean, I'm going to take, take the under four's a lot. I mean, TJ Watt's going to, I think Hayward will. I don't necessarily feel comfortable going beyond those two. Uh, I, I like Patrick Peterson a lot. I he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a tough case when we we sit here and we go through the NFL process of the Hall of Fame and right. sit here and we 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 do these semifinalists and we pare down these names. And I look at the names that are there now and I'd be like, man, Peterson would have a hard time if he was thrown in there now. Right. So I'm gonna take the under on that. I'm gonna say two. All right. So you, that's your first of three takes that you can pick from Sam. Two. I'm so glad you picked this one. I thought maybe you were going to skip this one. I'm glad this one got in here. Take finger food greater than sign anything eaten with a fork, spoon, and a knife. I disagree. And so do I. So do I. Yeah. I mean, there are times, I, there are times where eating something with a fork and a knife is just required. Well, yeah. I mean, if we have a nice steak, you know, what are you right. going to, you're, you're telling me that's, but you tell me finger foods are better than that. No, you tell me fingers better than a nice prime, a well cooked prime rib. Right, some some nice pasta no. and some sauce with some meatballs. Come on, what are we doing here? Exactly. Yeah. So no, what I'm if, out. What if you're gonna? What if you eat lobster? A nice lobster dish. Well, that would be a finger food. I think. Also, what finger foods for dessert? That's gonna rule out all the cold desserts. I, I'm not uh, doing the hot and cold desserts thing with you. I'm not doing no, no, that no, but, no, no, no. But like, no ice cream. Ice cream's an elite tier. Right. I think saying anything eaten with a fork, spoon, and a knife was just a bad take. And that's the part where you lost me. Although cake's a little overrated. But any cake brownie? I guess maybe brownie, if it's not one of the big ones, would be a finger food. A brownie and a cookie. You could eat a cupcake with – it would be a finger food. So hold on. Desserts are kind of a weird, weird mixed bag there. It's a mix. It's a mix. It's a mix. Uh, But uh, no, I'm – yeah, this is is too strong of a take. All right. So you've used up two of your picks. You've got three, four, and five. Five. Okay, this is a this is an in the weeds one. I'm kind of glad you picked this. I'll I, we'll, we'll save the other two for next week. Uh, take written sports content greater than sign audio sports content to make, but audio sports content greater than sign written sports content to consume. Now this is interesting because you Boy, this is this is this is an interesting. <laughs> you are you are somebody who finds yourself in both areas. You create content for both written and audio. I am just the audio guy. Uh, that's my that's my my platform. That, that's my me. That's my medium. So, okay, I, I'm I'm gonna oh, no no I'm using it. I'm using okay. it. I I need to make sure this is accurate. Big Twelve Conference, 
The gold check mark is is good, right? The gold check mark means super verified. Uh, gold check mark usually means it's part of an organization, or uh, yeah, because like the big check mark is like governmental. The Big Twelve just put out a statement. The following statement was released today by the Big Twelve Conference oh. through its commissioner Brett Yormach regarding the University of Colorado, and all it says is, "quote They're back." Yes, this is the uh, the trolling that is occurring between the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve could be its own ESPN thirty for thirty. They're really good. Uh, although the they're back or I'm back thing has been a little It bit has, bit but I love it in this case. I love it. I love it. It is fun coming from a conference. So, but yes. Um, all right. Can you do me a favor? Can you read me the take again? Okay. Because I want to make sure I have processed the yes. words in the order in which they were written. Written sports content greater than sign audio sports content to make. So when making sports, when you're making sports content written over audio, but when you're consuming sports content, audio over written. I, I I feel like this is gonna be a cop out, but this is this is a personal preference. Well, I have and a hot it, take that's gonna probably piss off half our staff when I say it. So probably, I will say this: it. I hate saying it's depends because it feels like I'm fence riding. But well, okay, let me take the first part because uh, I could talk on the produce on the produce side. I enjoy writing more because I feel like I can put more thought into what the finished product is. I can write something down. I can do research. I can think about it. I can leave. I can come back. I can't, I mean, I can't undo what I just said. If I make a mistake, if I, if I trip up on the podcast, if sure. I say an impact, if we get the wrong Byron Young, I can't fix that in the podcast form without then creating more audio words to fix that. And I think the, the written word gives me an opportunity to express myself and kind of flow through an entire idea before I have to, and then push it out in the world. When it comes to consuming content, I think it depends on what you're looking for. I feel you can get better information and more information in the written word. I feel like it is more enjoyable and an easier to consume through audio and more convenient through audio. Because if I can convey in 30 seconds, five minutes worth of writing, if that makes sense. Uh, yes, which is why, like, this is tough for me because, again, I only work in the one medium, right? Jamie is Jamie can personally attest to my writing skills. They're 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 very bad. They're not good. They're not horrible. They're not great, though. They're not great. They're not great. But that's not your job. No, that is not my job. My job is the is the audio medium, right? This is what I focus on. And so for me, when I think about audio and written, I find written very challenging and very difficult. But I also find this medium extremely difficult because yeah. you're on an island you're by yourself like on this show it's jamie and i so it's a little different but like i think about td and daily or when i used to do a radio show you're basically on an island by yourself and you got to get yourself from point a to point b to point c and you got to get yourself through there when you're writing you can stop and make sure you're getting to where you need to go and so i i don't want to say it's easier because i don't think that's 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 not fair to the lovely writers that we have here on staff i just think they're different um and from a from a consumption perspective i'm i'm a I'm a visual learner. And so like, I don't like reading a ton. I like consuming it via an audio format where I can listen. Like if I'm working out or going for a walk or I'm sitting here working on something else and I can absorb the information. So I, I, I kind of understand the take, but I have a personal bias because I don't deal with one half of this equation. And, and I think it depends on it. Like if you want to talk about like, let's talk about game coverage, for example. I think one of the hardest things to do in really media in general is a 
solo radio over broadcast. It is one of the most oh, yeah. challenging aspects in all of media. Mm-hmm. And being a, a solo person covering a game in written form is a lot easier than being a solo person covering in audio form. Um, so there are different elements to it, but I, I do think that we are seeing a, and we have seen it gradually over the last 20, 30 years or so, but we are, we are seeing people have always been drawn at the end of the day to two things and it's reading and listening. And, you know, yes, there's been obviously TV and movies and all this other stuff, but it seems like we're going back to more of quick reads and it's now podcasts instead of radio clips instead of this. And in today's short, I mean, the attention span now is as short as it's ever been because we are bombarded with information. We are bombarded with opportunities and draws for our time and our eyes at every second of every day. Uh, if you are a millennial or you're a Gen Z, you probably know what I mean about we most of the time we're watching something with our phones in our hands or our laptops in our and like we're doing two things at once and it's just how we operate now and it feels weird to not do two things at once like when I, like the rare times i go out to like a sports bar nowadays to watch something it just feels like i feel almost jittery yeah it's like so I we i'd be doing something else yeah i always have like my sports bets up in front of me or i've got yeah. another game on a screen or i've got some information in front of me like or, yeah, I'm, or multiple screen experience right. like yeah so I think in that form, it's why audio and it's obviously written is is always on demand, but audio and its ability to be on demand and its ability to have quick hits and be on your phone constantly and be for the most part free. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there are some premium offerings out there is really what is gauging that surge going forward. So it's about personal preference. And I think there's pros and cons to both, but uh, this is a really interesting take. Yeah, I appreciate you picking it, Jamie, of the ones. And we'll keep Sam's other ones because they're Hall of Fame related. We'll keep them for next week. And there's some other takes that I'm going to leave in here for next week because they think they're good topics of conversation for us next week. That is going to do it for us here on this edition this week of Shows in the Books. Greatly appreciate all of you who take the time out of your day to listen to this show. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show with a friend. We greatly appreciate it. The video version available on the YouTube side of things. Uh, While you're over there, give the video a thumbs up, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell so you know when new videos drop. That's going to do it for us this week. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie eisner follow me on twitter at chris schubert underscore hope you all have a fantastic weekend we'll talk with you all on monday thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube